From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Great to see you. Yeah. It's after New Year's. Yeah, 2020. I'm trying to downsize. You're getting rid of some stuff? I'm getting rid of stuff. Do you, are you getting rid of stuff? Yeah, it's usually my wife's stuff that I want to get rid of. <laughs> Do you tell her that you're getting rid of it? Uh, yeah, most of the time. Okay, yeah. No, I don't tell. Most of the time what I say is, do we need this thing? I say in a very high-pitched... Yes. And does she look at it and go, wait a second, what are you doing with that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's precious. We need that. I'm going to fix that, she says. I'm going to fix that. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Do we need broken. this broken thing? No, I, we need, I'm going to fix that. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, and then just slowly you... I just move it further and further out of the room until it's in the basement, and then once everybody's forgotten about it, it goes in the garbage. Uh, I'm just trying to get rid of uh, stuff in my inbox, frankly. I am trying to unsubscribe from every store, and yes, you're nodding your head because you have too many emails. Can we agree that it's easier to get a divorce than unsubscribe from a mailing list? Oh my God, why is that so hard? I bought a bath mat from you once. You know, we're not in a real relationship, okay? But every time you're like, I gotta get out of here, there's an exit interview. Super desperate, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Too many messages? Is my content irrelevant? Do you not recall signing up? Oh, I recall. I recall. (laughs) Our special guest is singer, actor, model, Luke James. Yeah. Luke James opened for Beyonce, and technically I'm opening for him, so technically I've opened for Beyonce. And you guys by third degree, have seen Beyonce in a bar in Brooklyn. So, well done, everybody. Luke James is very impressive, but I think the most impressive thing about him is that he looks fantastic in a bucket hat. You can't do that. Not everyone can do that. If I put on a bucket hat, I look like a combo of Blossom and a sad fisherman, all right? (laughs) They should call bucket hats what they are. Good for the really, really young or very, very old. (laughs) People have described Luke James's music as the perfect music to make out to. You know what I like hearing when I make out? (laughs) Applause. (laughs) Just a slow, sarcastic clap. (laughs) that's it I'm ready to French people (laughs) is that what you say during make out that's what I say okay I'm ready to French yeah yeah and I say people because I usually have a few different possibilities lined up just in case you don't want to cut off any options sometimes things just change you never know so we have four brilliant contestants They're backstage right now determining how many self-help books one needs to read before they can consider themselves helped. (laughs) And one of them will be our big winner, and the other three can buy another book. (laughs) So let's play some games, everybody. Our first two contestants will play a game about city's original names. I call it, Where in the World is Carmen San Miguel? First up, Sarah Sandcooler. You're a lab technician at the Columbia University Medical Center. I am. All right, and you're la- you recently moved your lab from Rochester to Columbia. That's right. Um, so, and you were saying you, fi- you were finding really weird things people left behind? I was. So we're moving into, we moved into temporary lab space, mm-hmm. which people apparently sort of took as an excuse to just abandon all the stuff they didn't want, which included refrigerator doors filled with human eyes. <laughs> <laughs> human eyes? Uh-huh. So what do you do with leftover eyes? Uh, call the biohazardous waste disposal people. <laughs> yeah, and they show up and they take them away? Yes, thankfully. It's good. Wow. It's a good job. Where are they now? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Sarah, when you ring in, we'll hear this. 
Your opponent is Paul Alexander from Toronto, Ontario, where you are a criminal defense lawyer. That is true. Uh, Paul, you are in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah. Okay, how? Why? So I'm in a band, and our band somehow got involved in what is now in the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest ever concert by multiple artists. Okay, so wait a second. So what did you have to fulfill? Well, there were 18 and a quarter days of continuous music. Uh, Each band had a one-hour set. There could be no more than five minutes between bands, and I think no more than 30 seconds between songs in a band's set. Yeah. And you had to go a certain number of songs before there could be a repeat. What time did your band play? We got the 6 p.m. slot on the last day. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. And were there people in the audience? Yeah, it was crammed. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, the pub was the size of this stage, so it was going to be crammed even if it Regardless was just Regardless of just the members of the band. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Paul, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Sarah and Paul, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. This trivia game is called The City Formerly Known As. In this game, we're going to imagine what would happen if American cities stuck with their earlier names or the names of the settlements they grew from. Just ring in and identify the city. It's the city so nice, they named it after a place in the Netherlands. You know what they say, anything can happen in a new Amsterdam minute. Sarah. New York? Yeah, New York City. That's right. Want to avoid the Vegas crowds? Come to the biggest little city in the world and the setting for the comedy series Lakes Crossing 911. Paul. Reno. Reno, Nevada. That's right. Yo, Adrian, when I'm done running up the steps of the Shackamaxon Art Museum, let's go to Pat's and grab a Shackamaxon steak sandwich with onions. Paul. Philadelphia. Philadelphia is correct, yeah. Step up your mail-order meat game by unpacking a box of Cutler's Park steaks while watching an episode of Mutual of Cutler's Park's Wild Kingdom in the city Warren Buffett calls home. Sarah. Omaha. Omaha, Nebraska, you got it. I'm still mad that HBO only gave one season to the show John from Losantaville. Now all I have is my VHS recordings of WKRP in Losantaville. Paul. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is correct. Yeah, according to the New York Times, Cincinnati was settled opposite of the mouth of the Licking River. It's a good name, the Licking River. Licking River. The original name, Los Santaville, comes from the letter L for the Licking River, plus OS, which is Greek for mouth, plus anti, meaning opposite. (laughs) According to legend, this name was changed because the governor thought it was awful. (laughs) It was for licking opposite mouth, is what the Licking opposite mouth. Why? Okay. Yeah, and the governor was like, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to change that. And the one guy was like, no! (laughs) It's my favorite. (laughs) You could be your weird self in The Clearing, Oregon's biggest city, and the setting of Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armiston's The Clearing-ia. Sarah. Portlandia. Portland. Portland, Oregon, that's right. (laughs) Here's your last clue. Too bad ABBA never performed their song Waterloo at a Waterloo City Limits concert in this Texas state capital. Paul. Austin. Austin, Texas. That's right. (laughs) Turns out Paul did great in that game about American cities, and he is in the lead. Our next game is about robots. So this audio quiz is called More Machine Than Man. We'll play clips of AI or robot voices from movies or TV shows. You just give me the name of the bot. And the points are doubled. Paul, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Sarah, you need to get more points, or I guess we'll know whose intelligence is artificial. <laughs> oh, boy. I know. Tough, tough. It's harsh. Here we go. This droid's voice was created by comedians Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader, who are credited as vocal consultants in The Force Awakens. Sarah. BB-8? 
Yeah, that's BB-8, yeah. By the way, BB-7 sounded like crap. <laughs> this Jetsons character was voiced by Gene Vanderpile, who also voiced both Wilma and Pebbles Flintstone. Thank you. And I love you people, too. Paul. I want to say her name was Rosie. What, are you going to go with the that? The robot? Uh-huh. The maid that did the cleaning. Sure, the yeah, Jetsons. you were right with Rosie. Oh. I just wanted to make you suffer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rosie is correct. That's right, she was a robot maid. Interesting that the robot maid had an apron. <laughs> if she had she to have, wear a uniform. Yeah, why did she have to wear an apron? I don't know. Darcy Carden plays this programmed guide and bank of knowledge for the good place. Hi there. Ah. How can I help you? What the fork? Who are you? <laughs> Sarah. Janet. That's Janet. <laughs> yes. The voice for these notorious Doctor Who genetically engineered mutants was created by elongating vowels while speaking into a ring modulator. Paul. Daleks. Daleks, yes. That's correct. All right, this is your last clue. This starship's computer was voiced by Majel Barrett, who is married to Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. Direction unclear. Please repeat request. Sarah. The USS Enterprise? Yes, that is correct. All right, so close, but after two games, Sarah is going to the final round. Do you have what it takes to be an Ask Me Another contestant? If you think so, go to amatickets.org to apply. Coming up, our special guest is Luke James. In the movie Little, there's a scene where he dances shirtless. And I'm going to ask him one question for every ab. So, eight questions. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. The following message comes from our sponsor, Chipotle, working to champion young farmers like Kelsey Cruz, a hog farmer for one of Chipotle's pork suppliers, Nyman Ranch. As a sixth-generation farmer in southwest Iowa, Kelsey recognizes that the lifestyle is changing rapidly in today's urbanizing world. You don't hear of anyone that's like, I'm going to be a farmer. Unfortunately, you have to be, in this day and age, either born into it, or you have to know someone that's going to give you that opportunity to, say, um, rent some ground from you or let you buy a, a, you know, a, a plot of land to get yourself started on. And that's not an easy or a financially realistic task for someone who, say, is, is our age in their early 20s. Your food has to come from somewhere, and it has to continue coming from somewhere. I get excited telling people about how my family raises pigs, so... That's near and dear and important to me. To learn more about how Chipotle is working to champion young farmers through three-year contracts for eligible farmers under 40, go to chipotle.com farmers. Did you get a smart speaker for a gift over the holidays? Well, consider it the gift that keeps on giving, right? Because it can help you keep up with the news. Just say play NPR to hear your local NPR station and all your favorite NPR shows as well. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter, and his new album, To Feel Loved, drops January 31st. You can also see him in the upcoming season of Showtime's The Shy. Please welcome Luke James. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you for having me. Yay. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So I love what I will call your origin story. Okay. Okay, so you started singing in high school in New Orleans. Yes. With two friends, and you formed a group called yes. Upscale. Upscale with a K. Upscale with a K. That. Where did you guys perform? Birthdays, uh, baby showers, bar mitzvahs. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. So then, model singer... 
Tyrese comes to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and you and Upscale decide that you're just going to hang out by the stage door yeah. and sing. Yes. We're dressed alike. This is an opportunity. Let's just go crazy. Yes. And so we just started singing, hoping somebody would notice us, and then some a big old bald head poked his head out of the window screaming, yo, come up here. And uh, it was Tyrese. It was lit. It worked. Shouts out to Tyrese. Thank you, man. So then after high school, you moved to L.A. Yes. After high school, I thought about college, and then I stopped thinking about college. (laughs) (laughs) And I moved to L.A., and uh, that was hard. Uh, Real life hit me real good. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, well, you were working as a backup singer for Tyrese. Yes. Yes. I was writing songs always, and then background was like a way to just, you know, get in the door and just meet people and whatnot. And... uh, Then I met some producers that were working with Tyrese, and they signed me and my brother, who were doing a background for Tyrese at the time. But your songs, I mean, you got some good gigs. You were writing for Britney Spears, Justin Bieber. I mean, you were writing for some big acts. Oh, yeah, they were paying the bills. (laughs) I was so grateful. Were they paying the bills? I mean, well, residuals are weird. It's like, all the work. you're on everybody's couch waiting, and then you get like $20,000 with your name on it, and you're 22, and that looks like you're rich. Yeah. For two weeks. <laughs> exactly. You're like, it's going to be great. It's great for two weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everybody's your friend. Oh, yeah, for sure, right? Yes. So you release a mixtape, Hashtag Luke. Yes. You know, you're working with these producers, obviously, and you know a lot mm. of people yeah. in the music business, but do you release this because you just don't want to wait for a gatekeeper? You just want to get your stuff out there? Yes. I was just working on music, not yeah. yet ready for a great big splash of a release. So I just wanted to get my feet wet and get, you know, start trying to gather some fans. And so, yeah, we put a project together, Hashtag Luke, that had uh, my first single on it, I Want You, mm-hmm. which uh, got me Grammy nominated. So yeah. that was lit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to the Grammys. <laughs> so that was 2012, that was the Grammy nomination. Yeah. 2013, you open. For Beyonce's The Mrs. Carter Show World Tour. Lord have mercy. Uh, What was it like working with Beyonce? She is like the hardest worker. That was just awesome to see her just go crazy every night for fans. Did you have to drop everything? I dropped everything. I was going to drop a label. I was going to drop everybody. (laughs) I was was going. They were like, we can't go to no Beyonce World Tour. You crazy. (laughs) That's right. You get an opportunity to open up for Beyonce and you ain't ready, you better get ready. I don't care. You better figure it out. I'll drive. Where you going? We flying overseas? I'll get in a boat. We'll do it. I can make it happen. I'll canoe. That's right. I'm canoeing. If you can't see me, I'm canoeing. You look like a strong canoeist. You look like a very good paddler. So I I read in Billboard that you had stints working alongside... The late Prince? Yes. I know you opened for Prince at a New York show. Yes, this New York City winery. I mean, after that, I got phone calls. And everything everyone has ever said, like the jokes, it's funny, but it's true. Right. Like how he makes you feel is very questionable. How (laughs) I felt all kinds of cotton candy on the inside. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, uh... Hey, it's P. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm cooling, hi. How you doing? Uh, Where are you? (laughs) Um, I'm at the event you were at. I know you were there because I saw you and... I'm telling you, cotton candy, he'll get you. I get it all, I got butterflies right now. So you are playing a, uh, you're in the new season of Showtime's The Shy. Yes. It's a drama set on the south side of Chicago, and you're playing a character named Trig. Yes, Trig. So tell me about Trig. Well, it's Victor Trig Taylor. I feel like it's all only right to say that because he's the type of guy who fits the suit but doesn't want to wear it. So his intention is not to harm people. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. He doesn't want to be in the situation that he finds himself in. So it'll be interesting to see how he finds his way and not try to get in trouble and save his brother. So yeah, he's an interesting, complicated character. Thank you to Lena Waithe, um, because yeah, like 
She texted me after I sent in my audition tape and said, oh my God, that was crazy. This is going to be so much hard work for you. This is going to be so good. Uh, and you were like, great. I was like, yeah, all right. Great, great. <laughs> great, I'm, great. I'm with it. Yeah. All right, well, this is going to be easy work for you. Are yeah. you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Oh, wow. Okay. So you have a new song out called Go Girl that features BJ the Chicago Kid and Ro James. And you've said that this song feels like a classic love song from the 90s. It's more of a, a bop from the 90s, mm-hmm. I would say. It's um, When I heard the music, it just gave me a feeling of, you know, that Jodeci, that that just that vibration that the 90s had a lot of yeah what is your like go-to favorite uh love song when you want to feel good about yourself i listen to marvin gay mm. marvin gay let's get it on you know those those i mean you want to feel sexy there it is there you go yeah Okay, so we know you're a fan of sexy songs. Uh-huh. So your challenge is called Tunnel of Love. Oh, Lord. It's based on a classic radio game that simulates what happens when you're listening to a song on the radio in your car, and then you enter a tunnel. Okay, so we're going to play a song, and as soon as you can, start singing along, because at some point, without warning, we're going to mute the audio, and you have to keep singing through the silence. Your goal is to be synced up with the song when we unmute it. And if you can't remember the exact words, you can make up the lyrics or or do whatever you want. It's going to be real easy. And after each song, you can get an extra point by naming either the title of the song or the artist. Okay. Okay. And if you do well enough, listener Laura Kent, who lives in the far-off land of Brooklyn, New York, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. What? All right. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here's your first track. Join in as soon as you know it. I love it when we're cruising together. Y'all can't play with D'Angelo. Are you kidding? You, I mean, I know you like weren't backstage doing a big warm up. That was amazing. Yeah, that. that I mean, well, you play D'Angelo now, all right. Uh, all right, you got uh, the artist as D'Angelo well. D'Angelo was my first concert I ever went to. Yes, and it was lit. oh, it was my first concert, my first backstage experience, my first. Uh, everything smelled like marijuana. <laughs> Before I knew what marijuana really smelled like, I was like, wow, the incense are potent in here. It's crazy. How old were you? Oh, man, I was eighth grade or something. And how did you get free tickets and backstage access and all that? Wow, well, my mom is an awesome woman. She used to babysit uh, his role manager. Um, And so, yeah, I got to uh, go backstage and, and he was so cool. It was so cool. And I started doing push-ups after that. <laughs> it was everything. Abs, everything. Yeah, I was going for it. Good inspiration. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here's your next song. Girl, the girl's dangerous. I'm an of you. And you know that I can't leave you alone. You got me feeling, feeling. <laughs> I see everybody over here. Okay. okay. Can we get the boost up? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to pop. Perfect. Okay, okay. I guess you can name the song or artist. Jodeci. Yeah. Jodeci. Yes, Jodeci, you cannot deny a bad boy band. They are the originators. Get into it, Jodeci. <laughs> and you, uh, you sang a cover of that song. I, what are you talking about right now? On, before you really hit it big on YouTube. Yes, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's still up. <laughs> All right, this next one is a true classic. And makes me weak and makes me off my, my feet. And knocks me off my feet. 
And I don't want to bore you with it Oh girl, I love you, I love you, I love you Yeah, we love Stevie Wonder, don't we? I mean, classic artists, I mean, music endless, mind bender, sound bender. He is genius. Stevie yep. Wonder is a wonder. Absolutely. And what you did just there is uh, going to be my ringtone from now on. Oh, wow. You All got right. that. This is your last clue. Okay. Let me guide you to the purple rain. Purple rain, purple rain. Oh, purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> you can't, oh my God, do y'all feel it? Or is it coming? Oh my, look at this. Is it happening? Purple all over. Oh, purple rain. Oh, Prince. Well, like, yep, you just got that two points by saying that. Two, two, two points. points as well. Yes. Uh, so, guess what? Perfect. Congratulations, Luke. You and listener Laura Kent both want to ask me to the Rubik's Cube. Thank you. Luke will be back to play another game later in the show. Give it up for Luke James. Thank you. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will pretend to be animal psychologists. Their first mission, get Garfield to quit lasagna. First up, Damien Benskin, you work at an entertainment law firm, and your first game is about animal psychology. If you had to adopt the lifestyle of one animal, what animal would it be? I'd say an owl because I'm already pretty close. And if I was an owl, I'd have an excuse for it. Because if you're up at 3 or 4 a.m. as an owl, you can just be like, it's not an unhealthy lifestyle. It's what I do. Okay. Uh, Damien, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Mickey Lambert. You're a grant writer for a Jewish social justice nonprofit, and you're a huge Mets fan. That is correct. Which means that... You like to be hard on yourself. I enjoy... My hobbies include masochism, <laughs> losing, disappointment. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, we share that. Yep. So, uh, so much so that for your birthday, Mr. Met, the mascot, showed up at your party. How'd that go? He did. Uh, what was supposed to happen was that, you know, I would be at the party and he'd knock on the door and I'd answer the door and, whoa, Mr. Met. Yeah. Instead, I was late because of work. And so I knocked on the door, and he opened it, which was way more surreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty great. Though. That's amazing. All yeah. right, Mickey, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Damien and Mickey, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. So in this game, we ask, what if Dr. Doolittle had a doctorate in psychology? We're going to find out in this guessing game called Animal Life Coach. In this game, Jonathan and I will give you a dilemma an animal might face and two possible pieces of advice you might give. You're going to ring in and choose the correct advice to earn a point. But be careful, because if you steer the animal wrong, your opponent will automatically get the point. Here we go. A tiger, a lion, a jaguar, and a leopard live together in an ethically polyamorous relationship. <laughs> They're thinking of having babies. What do you tell them? A, get to work. Any two of you can produce offspring. Or B, it's impossible for you to breed, but consider adoption. Mickey. A. That is right. Get to work. Any two of you can produce offspring. Yeah, hybrid offspring have names like Liger, Tigon, and Jaglion. Jaglion. Are there Jagligers as well? Jagligers? There must be. Jagligions? Yeah. <laughs> the winter dance is coming up, and your blue whale client is hoping to get her first kiss. Why might she be self-conscious? A, she's no tongue, all gums. B, she has a giant two-ton tongue. Mickey. B. She has a giant two-tongue tongue? 
That's you said correct. it better than I ever could. Yeah, that's right. A blue whale's tongue can weigh as much as an elephant. Wow. Dang. That's I know. Gross. I know. Clap for that tongue. <laughs> I'm sure people have before. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of happy people. A lot of happy whales. Your bat client has been in a casual relationship with another bat, but he's finally ready to invite him over for dinner. What should he prepare based on what a bat usually eats in one night? A, about 70 insects, or B, about 7,000 insects? Mickey. B. B, 7,000 insects, that's correct. A frog comes to you with body image issues. You tell her your eyes aren't just beautiful, they're useful. Other than seeing, what else can a frog's eyes help it do? A, hear. B, swallow food. Damien. I'm going to say A, hear. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh. It's B. I was so close. Well, I know, I, I heard you go B, 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 and then choose A. But yeah, it's, I know it's hard to believe that a frog's eyeballs sink down into its mouth to push food down its throat. Wow. I know. Again, gross. Animals are disgusting. I know. <laughs> it's a nightmare. This is your last clue. A hard-working giraffe is stressed about having four stomachs to feed. How big is his family? A, four giraffes total. B, he has no family. He's just feeding himself. Mickey. B. B, he has no family, he's just feeding himself, is correct. Yeah, giraffes have four stomach chambers. Great game. Mickey is in the lead. Coming up, Luke James returns in his new song, Go Girl. Luke sings about the thing every woman yearns to hear. Got Uber Eats on the way. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Google Fi, a phone plan by Google. Switch to Google Fi and get data abroad for no extra charges, so you never have to worry about calling up your provider to let them know that you'll be traveling. Google Fi is made with features that people actually want, like three networks included in one, which lets you tap into multiple networks for the best signal nearby. Learn more at fi.google.com. This is Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air from WHYY and NPR. We do long-form interviews with journalists breaking the big news stories and with the authors, filmmakers, and musicians behind the best in pop culture. So listen and subscribe. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Damien and Mickey. Soon they'll play a game about advertising jingles. You know those things you hear for five seconds before you click skip? Let's check in with our contestants. Damien, you collect scarves. I do, and it was not intentional. And then I was informed it was a collection. Who informed you? Uh, one of my roommates while watching me pack to move, and I ended up filling about a whole garbage bag's worth of scarves, not to throw out, but to bring with me. Yeah. And apparently, if it fills that while scrunched up really small, it's a collection. Yeah, I would say correct. Yeah. Mickey, your family has a tradition that whenever someone turns an age that ends with zero, mm -hmm. they get a custom-made parody song. That is correct, yes. Okay, and the family writes them? Yes, and in fact, someone in the audience tonight helped write my 40th one. Oh, so you've had a 10th, a 20th, and a 30th, and a 40th. Actually, we only started it uh, maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, so I had a 30th and a 40th. A 30th and a 40th. Yep. Okay, and which one did you like the best? Uh, the 40th, but it includes words that I cannot say on public sure, radio. Sure, sure. Very good. Okay. <laughs> So your next game is a music parody celebrating real and fictional commercialism. It's called Jingle All the Way. 
Mickey, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Damien, you need to get more points, or you'll have to find the beef. Nobody knows where it is. No, nobody knows where it is. We rewrote real commercial jingles to make them about famous fictional products or companies. Ring in and tell me the name of the TV show or the movie that the product is from. For a bonus point, you can name the original product the jingle was for. Just ring in to answer. You ready? Here we go. We sell paper at Dunder Mifflin. We'll deliver a ream. Ha ha, that's what she said. Mickey. The Office. The Office is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the original product that Jingle was about? I really hope it's not more specific than paper. No, it wasn't originally about paper. It was originally about Mentos. Oh, well. The yeah. Fresh Maker. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Mentos are like swallowable gum. Like they are the weirdest it's substance weird of all texture. time. It seems like it's going to be a gum, but then it's gone. But then it's gone. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. styrofoam, edible styrofoam. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, minty styrofoam. Minty styrofoam. Fresh and full of life. <laughs> Here's your next one. There, more than you can be. Without Void Camp, bet you can't tell. Our replicants will be. Here to serve you, thanks to Tyrell. Ooh. Replicants. Replicants. Void camp test. Mm. Harrison Ford and Sean Young. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, a movie. A movie. Mickey. The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> that is a movie. It is. I believe it even has Harrison Ford in it. Maybe. You did name a movie, but I can't give it to you because it's the wrong movie. Damien, do you know the answer? No way on earth it's iRobot. That's a fine guess. We were looking for Blade Runner. Oh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually seen that movie. And that jingle was for the U.S. Army. <laughs> okay, here we go. What do you need? You needeth need. So we're going to chop down a truffula. Not corporate greed, if needs what you need, get one when we chop down a truffula. Damien. Did they make a movie about the giving tree? Uh, mm. I don't know, but even if they did, that would be the incorrect answer. Fair and valid. Mickey, do you know? I know the jingle. Not helpful. I can't, I can't give it nope. to you. No. Uh, that was uh, the Lorax we were looking for. Uh, and that was, of course, uh, Kit Kat. Kit Kat. I Kit can't Kat. give you a point for that, but that's correct. Here's your next one. Chasing the Roadrunner, Roadrunner, Roadrunner. Chasing the Roadrunner, Roadrunner, Roadrunner. Acme, anvils and glue. Super genius supply. Mail order biz. Mickey. Uh, Acme, Looney Tunes. Looney, Looney Tunes. Tunes is what we're looking for. That's correct. And uh, Chili's. Chilies, that's right. Specifically, baby back ribs. All right, this is your last clue. You will be relieved to hear. Thank God. Okay. Though it's covered with trash, it's still a by and large globe. We manufactured helpful bots to clean up and probe. Looking for a movie here? <laughs> there was a company in the movie called By and Large, and some robots. One of the robots had a name that is also the name of the... Yes, it's, Mickey. It's something... It's the guy... Uh, minions. Mike something. Uh, uh-huh. Mike. Some, somebody told me I sounded like him with a Polish last name. I can't remember it. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I admire you for ringing in and giving it a shot, but I can't give it to you. Damien, do you know the answer? Is it Monsters, Inc.? It is not Monsters, Inc. It was Wally we were looking for. <laughs> And that was the Toys R Us jingle. Okay, you both did amazing. Applause for you. So well done. And after two games, Mickey is going on to our final round. The final round is coming up, but first it's time for us to play another game with our special guest. Please welcome back to the stage, Luke James. Okay, Luke, we found out that you're super into wolves. Yes. What is about a wolf that you identify with? 
Well, as a child, I just had this huge love for transformation, becoming something more. And I was an only child, or I'm an only child, so I had to fight most of my battles by myself. So I always, um, I guess I used that as an idea to just whenever I felt scared or whatnot, I just, that was something I would just channel. Yeah. And it evolved into my personality, and then my teeth became very pointy somehow, somewhere down the line. <laughs> and in high school, people would call me Wolf, Lucky Wolf. And I just, I real, and then women started to call me a wolf. Uh-huh. And then. All right, let's unpack that later. I'll, I'll, <laughs> You know, okay. there it is. Okay. So this quiz is called Hungry Like the Wolf. These are multiple choice questions about wolves. Yeah. Uh, if you want some help, feel free to ask the audience okay. to yell out what they think the answer is. I'm here for you. Okay. Here we go. How many pounds of meat can a single wolf eat in one sitting? A, five pounds. B, 20 pounds. C, 300 meat lovers pizzas. Um, 300 meat lovers pizzas. <laughs> you know, dogs just keep going. So I can, yeah. I can only imagine wolves. Just, well, right, you're right in the sense that it is the most. It is uh, 20 pounds, B, because wolves will go for days without food, so they eat a lot in one sitting. To be fair, you said pizza, and I was like, ah, oh, can't be that answer. But you know what? It's a lot more than what you... You got me. You tricked me. That's what I'm basically trying to say. I did trick you. Say. I did trick you. And we both got excited just about eating meat lovers pizza. Oh, I, I get pizza. it. Okay, so it's hard out there for a wolf mom. <laughs> so which of these wolf-raising facts is not true? Okay. Which is not true. A, for a newly born wolf cub to urinate, its mother massages its belly with her warm tongue. B, when a wolf cub stops nursing, it switches to meat regurgitated by its mother. Or C, wolf cubs are born completely hairless and must roll around in their mother's shed fur for warmth, which is not true. Roll around in their mother's... uh, uh, Yeah, you're right. That one is not true. Yeah. The other two are true. Yes. Yeah, the mothers perform the act of licking the baby wolf to help it pee and poo because at such a young age, the wolf pups have yet to gain control of their bowel movements. Power of a mother. Power of their mother. Mm -hmm. Wolf facts. Okay. Which of the following legendary wolf creatures actually existed? Mm -hmm. A, dire wolves, as in Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. B, werewolves. Mm -hmm. Or C, the Fenrir, a horse-sized wolf from Norse mythology. Oh, my gosh. You can ask them if you want. That sounds like what? That was C or B? A. I think they're saying A. A? Wait, hold on. Okay. The dire wolves as in Game of Thrones? I mean, uh, I'm not going to be a hater. Yeah, A. Yeah, that's right. Let me go with it. Yeah, dire wolves, those huge, huge I'm going to be honest. I didn't dive into Game of Thrones. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Okay, according to Roman mythology, Romulus, the founder of Rome, and his twin brother, Remus, were raised by a she-wolf. In some versions of the story, what other creature helped out with childcare? Was it A, a woodpecker who brought them food? B, a bear who gave them shelter in its cave? Or C, a giraffe who changed their diapers? A bear. I would say a bear. Is that B? I would say a bear, too. But it was actually a woodpecker. What? I know, a woodpecker brought them food. Has anyone ever seen a woodpecker? And you know what else? I've never seen a generous woodpecker. Never a generous one. That's true. That's true. All right, this is your last clue. It's a mythical animal. It's a mythical animal. This is your last clue. Ten years ago, a t-shirt designed by a Bulgarian artist became a top seller on Amazon. Thanks to thousands of sarcastic positive reviews... What was depicted on the shirt? Was it A, a wolf wearing sunglasses, a leather jacket, riding a motorcycle? B, three wolves howling at the moon? Or C, a lone wolf and the word solitude? (laughs) Uh, Okay, B. Yeah, that's right. How do you know that? The three wolves howling at the moon. (laughs) 
It was like, it was kind of this... Was it a thing? It was a thing. It was a thing? Yeah, it, it was like this, it kind of became a joke what that, that everybody embraced. Uh, it was uh, 2009. 2009. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was sort of like people thought it was so bad it was good, and then it just caught on, and everyone was walking around with these three wolves That's so howling wild. at the moon. That's amazing. I think I see it in my head right now. Yeah, I see, I I see know. the image. Exactly. I get it. Okay. So according to the New York Times, thanks to going viral, the t-shirt company went from selling two to three t-shirts a day to a hundred in an hour. Wow. We are. Did we, someone buy that from we me? We are so similar. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they did. Uh, you know what, Luke? You did great. You did great. Thank you. Luke James Thank will appear you. in the upcoming season of the Showtime series, The Shy. One more time for Luke James. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Sarah Sandcooler, who opened a refrigerator door full of human eyes, and Mickey Lambert, a Mets fan whose hobbies include masochism, disappointment, and losing. That's right. Mickey and Sarah, your final round is called Geometry. To every answer is a 2D or 3D shape. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Luke James. We rolled an icosahedron backstage, and Mickey is going first. Remember, every answer is a 2D or 3D shape. Here we go. Mickey, the name of this shape comes from the Latin for egg. Oval. That is correct. Sarah, the U.S. Department of Defense is headquartered here. The Pentagon. That is correct. Mickey, parafoil, box, and delta are all types of this flying toy. A kite. That's correct. Sarah, in Taoism, eight trigrams, representing natural forces, are often arranged into this shape. An octagon? That is correct. Jonathan... How great are our contestants doing? They're doing very well. It's a tie game. Two to two. Mickey, the Disney theme park Epcot is known for Spaceship Earth, a large geodesic structure shaped like this. A sphere? That is correct. Sarah, Brandon Flowers of the Killers sang that Andy is this shape in nobody's eyes but mine. A star. That is correct. I love that song. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey, in 2013, Edward Snowden leaked the existence of this NSA surveillance program. Um, I'm going to hate myself in a minute. Uh, Dodecahedron. (laughs) Great guess. Uh, We were looking for prism. Oh, ouch. Sarah, this payment company produces point-of-sale devices often used at hip coffee shops. Apple? Sorry, we were looking for square. Okay, we're halfway through our questions. Jonathan, how are our contestants doing? A little less well, but it is still a tie game game three to three. Mickey, in acrobatics, it's a tiered formation of three or more humans. A pyramid? That is correct. Sarah, in the human eye, these photoreceptors allow you to see colors. Cones. <laughs> yes. That is correct. Seems Appropriate. Unfair. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you get the question you need. <laughs> Mickey, in DNA, nucleic acids are arranged into this double shape. A helix. That is correct. Sarah, Canada, Finland, Greenland, Iceland, Norway, Russia, Sweden, and the U.S. all have at least some land in the area of the globe known as the Arctic this. Circle. That is correct. Okay, only a few questions left. Jonathan, what is the situation? Well, there can be only one winner, but it's very unclear who that's going to be. It is still a tie game. Mickey, the region around NC State, Duke, and UNC Chapel Hill is known as the research this. Triangle. That is correct. Sarah, in a beehive honeycomb, each cell is this shape. A hexagon. That is correct. Okay, we have one last question for each of you. And it is still a tie game. Mickey, 60 years have passed if you're celebrating this anniversary or jubilee. 
Diamond. That is correct. Okay, Sarah, you need to get this question right to force a tie breaker question. Sarah, in an engine, it's the chamber paired up with a piston. Cylinder? That is correct. All right. We are down to our big tiebreaker. Here's your tiebreaker. The name of this four-sided shape with four right angles comes from the Latin for right angle. Mickey. Rectangle. That is correct. Congratulations. Well done, Sarah. And congratulations, Mickey. That's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Jamie Greenberg, Scott Ross, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Emily Winter. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seychell, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Natalie Hitean. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Noriko Akabe. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripe Begonia. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Happy to hear you're still listening, and since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Topher Grace explains how he thought his love of re-editing Star Wars movies might get him into hot water. Disney called us, (laughs) this is no joke, and we thought it was to sue us. Right. (laughs) Cease and desist. And from Broad City, actor Arturo Castro. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.